Welcome back to the NatMathSci podcast brought to you by the National Mathematics and Science College. This is the podcast to let you find out more about NatMathSci by hearing staff and students talking about their experiences all unscripted and unplugged so that you can hear what life is really like at the college. Today we're talking to Kieran Lambert. He's head of physics, but we're also talking about societies at the college. So we'll be hearing from him, but also from three students, Helia, John T and Ilan. But first of all, hello, Kieran. Thank you for being here. How are you today? Hello, Simon. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm absolutely fine. Thank you very much. I've had a, a very good morning helping some of the year ones just start to think about their university applications and their personal statements. Um, exams are out of the way now for the moment, so they can start looking forward to what's to come in the future. So always lots of fun talking about they, what they want to do, uh, what their goals are for the future. Great to get the exams out of the way and good, always good to talk about what different university options there are. Are most people looking at universities within the UK or outside of the UK? Yeah, so our, our normal route following A-levels is that most students go on to UK universities after they leave us. Um, but there's always a, a, a decent number who go off to apply to America or to other countries around the world as well. Um, the truth is, a lot of our students come to us to do A-levels with a view to going to UK universities afterwards. So that's where the majority go. But there are other options as well. And the UK universities, which are the typical ones that students end up applying to? Well, I'm, I'm here with some students now, so I could probably pass that over to them, to be honest. But uh, very commonly is to look at the what are called the Russell Group of universities, which are the top research universities in the UK. Um, we always have a very good number of students who apply and then are very successful getting into Oxford and Cambridge, which is fantastic. Um, but as well as those two, we have lots of students going off to places like UCL and Imperial College in London and Edinburgh is very popular. Warwick is an excellent university down the road, but because that's so close to college, not many students actually choose to go choose to go they want to see somewhere else in the uk but that sort of place no, that makes perfect sense okay so before we carry on talking about societies and how they work within the college it'd be good to hear a little bit from our students right now so we've got helia jonti and ilan hello all of you how are you today hello thank you very much i'm doing good excellent thank you ilan and jonti how are you doing how's your day looking so far today i'm doing excellent uh my day's been great. And Helia, how's your day looking so far today? It's good, thank you. I've been working on my computer science project, so it's great. Awesome. Helia, you got a fantastic accent there. Tell us where you're from, would you? I'm from Iran. Okay, all right. And how are you finding it being in the UK at the moment? I think it's fantastic because I've been given some new opportunities which I couldn't have if I wasn't here. Tell us a little bit about those opportunities. What kind of things are you thinking of? For example, one of them is a good quality education and working in labs, especially for physics and uh, chemistry in this um, college. So many people, the people who take chemistry and physics can work in labs. But in my country, we tended to do more theory work. So it's a very good experience to be able to do things, actually. <laughs> I mean, other than um, doing the theory, understanding the concepts by doing the actual work. Doing the actual practicals as, as opposed to just doing the theory. Yeah, doing the experiments uh, instead of um, just learning about the theory and stuff like that. Awesome. And we were just talking with Mr. Lambert about different universities that students are applying to. Is this something you're involved in right now then? Yes, I've been applying through UKS. Actually, I wasn't very um, sure uh, about which university I was going to apply to, but, but the college helped me to uh, figure out uh, which countries 
are the best for me to apply to. At first, I wanted to apply to American and um, Canadian universities, but now I think that uh, the best decision for me in my situation is applying through UCAS for the UK universities. Mm. Mm. Okay, thank you for that, Helia. Jonti, tell us where you're from and which universities you've been looking at. Uh, hi, I'm Jonti. I'm from the UK. I'm a day student at the college. I am still waiting on uh, a few university offers, but I'm looking to go to the University of Edinburgh okay. to study maths. Mm-hmm. And what is it about Edinburgh that appeals? Is it a good place to study maths or, or is it just simply the, the city itself that appeals to you? Uh, it's both. It's one of the highest rated universities in the UK for maths and several other subjects. And uh, I visited the city. It's beautiful. It's an amazing city. Awesome. That's good to hear. And it's good that you're able to go and visit the city, especially with recent restrictions that have been going on. That's uh, that's very good. And Ilan, tell us where you're from and which universities you've been thinking about. So hello, my name is Ilan. I'm from Uganda. I applied through UCAS to Imperial, Durham, uh, Nottingham and Manchester to study electrical engineering. Um, I've been successful so far with getting offers, except Cambridge, uh, which rejected me, but yeah, that's fine. But yeah, generally it has been nice. I got a good support from the college uh, in terms of uh, personal statement, preparing for interviews, and it has been generally quite a smooth, uh, smooth process. You know, quite often, Ellen, sometimes people feel that actually getting a rejection from Cambridge is a, is a good thing, because if you get accepted at your other four choices, then, I mean, being at Cambridge or Oxford is very different to the other four options. And the amount of work that you have to do is very, very intense when you're there. And sometimes people feel like, A, they should apply, and that B, if they get an offer, that they should accept the offer because it's Cambridge or Oxford. But actually, sometimes people feel like, Cambridge isn't for them because being at another university is going to be a better thing. But it means that if if you're in a position where you have to turn it down, then a lot of the time people feel like they might regret that later in life, or at least they might feel some yeah. pressure from their parents to have to accept it. Uh, yeah, it's quite interesting uh, as well because yeah, when I, I applied, I just I didn't uh, expect to get the offer. But I think generally I was just happy with all my universities that I applied to. In my mind, I said, well, you know, if I get any of these offers, then it, it would be nice. So I didn't really mind the rejection. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. And of course, Imperial, so you've got one option there that's in London, two, which is kind of in the middle of the UK. I'm being very general here in Nottingham and Manchester, mm. I think you said. And then Durham, yes. quite far north in the UK. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I just tried to look for kind of different options because it was my, it's my first time, well, my second year in the UK, my first time studying here. So I just wanted to try to go as far as possible to try to explore different cities if I could for university because I was in Coventry um, for the first two years I was here. So I just decided to try to apply to a different city, um, try to see how that's like. Awesome. Thank you for that, Ellen. So I'm dying to find out then how the societies work within the, within NatMatSci. Jonti, tell us a little bit about that from an overview point of view, what they're all about. So along with the scheduled academic subjects we have two or three hours a week which are set aside to societies these societies can be based around varies dramatically we've had everything from journalism to subject-based societies such as uh, chemistry sock or nature sock slash biology sock it's just a nice break to try and explore things you're interested in people found new societies basically every term and you get to try out things you didn't really ever expect you'd be able to try 
So let me get this right. This is something which is outside of the learning, something which doesn't come with any kind of exam at all at the end, but it's just a way of learning about something else which is outside your normal studies at the college. Uh, yeah, that's right. And Jonty, which societies are you involved in yourself? Which ones aren't I involved in? Uh, I am applying for maths, so naturally I'm in uh, Math Sock. I founded and ran Philosophy Sock, which is what I'm going to be talking about today. I was involved in journalism sort last year. I was editing the school uh, newspaper and there's the chess society, which is very popular, as you can imagine, in a science college. Also, quite recently, there was a quiz society, which was founded, which is something quite out of left field that we didn't quite, <laughs> no one could have really predicted. We just play British and American game shows together. I see. Oh, that sounds good fun. And you mentioned this is two to three hours a week. I guess that level of, of time that gets used up for these societies depends on how many societies different people are involved in. Is that right? Well, the societies are built into the school schedule. There's two or three a week. You can like, choose one of those to go to each week. So one for each period to go to each week. And as well, there's a few lunchtime societies, which are usually shorter uh, which go on basically every day okay right understood thank you for that jonty and helia which of these societies are you involved in which ones do you tend to enjoy i actually tend to enjoy maths generally and of course math societies so yeah and what is it about maths that you enjoy so much i'm thinking back to when i was younger i also enjoyed maths when i was doing a levels what is it about maths that you enjoy i think the thing that i love the most about maths is solving problems and actually you solve the problems with your creativity not you know like uh, not following a predicted procedure or for example um, like given they give you actually an algorithm in like education systems that you have to follow that to solve a problem but I think I, f I found using creativity and your own ideas to solve problems very interesting to solve maths problems and actually I think when you do that you you learn how to think and when you let yourself to fail or you know when you let yourself fail then you'll understand how to solve a problem and you'll get experience and after a period of time you can then be able to understand so huge amount of information in maths faster than an average person because you've developed your skills in and not only understanding but but also um, solving problems so it, it is very helpful to solve problems and let yourself to fail and I found that in in societies especially math societies you learn how to solve problems and you're free to suggest your own way of thinking to solve problems or prove something uh, you're not meant to mm, just accept what the author of a book says about the proof of a of an of a, of a statement uh, you you can you can just come up with an idea and prove something or or even if you're gonna look at the proof then you're going to follow that step by step and understand each step. And that was what Mr. Haynes taught us. And it's very valuable, in my opinion. It's really good to hear that you're talking about, you know, the creativity aspect within maths, because I, I imagine that, you know, as, as pupils in school in younger years, as they're growing up, they tend to 
follow the follow the rules i guess follow the procedures but you, what you're talking about here is creativity in solving problems and also and also creativity in understanding the failures in there as well is that right Yes, that's true. Actually, I think one thing that you learn from thinking about art problems is to become braver and it can also have impressive effects on your confidence because what we see in students in our age is that people don't have the um, enough confidence or the courage to uh, even look at a problem. But when they provide you some hard problems and tell you that these are very very complicated and but you can solve them with the basic knowledge that you've got then you'll be able to develop not only your skills but your confidence in maths and it will help you to not only improve in maths in general but also improve in a levels and your it, it can i think impressively affect your um maths grades mm, mm. Okay, so that's the math sock. Tell us which other societies you're involved in. I actually, I'm actually in love with maths, and that's why, <laughs> <laughs> that's why um, I always choose whatever has maths in it. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever participated in any societies except maths. I'm not sure. Um, I don't remember any other societies that I've participated in. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Elio, it's, it's great to know what you love and it's great that you're getting yourself stuck into those uh, societies and anything involved in maths. Ilan, let's hear a little bit from you. Which societies are you involved in? I've been involved in RoboSoc. Um, so it started last year, it was student-led and we were trying to build, um, we started doing like Arduino and we're trying to teach ourselves how it works and working with just small uh, microprocessors to build just small games, just trying to learn basic things. Uh, but then uh, one of our physics teachers introduced us to uh, a project that was being done, or kind of like a, an effort being done by the people at Sun to get students to work on projects. So we built like a model linear accelerator. It was quite fun because we got to learn the physics a bit earlier than usual. And uh, building it was quite fun. Then we moved on to this year where we got a robot kit and uh, we are trying to get to a certain competition. And the goal is to, the competition is just, uh, there's like a series of tasks that you have to complete and you get points for them. And uh, we are trying to build a robot that we finished about two weeks ago. So that was quite fun because we got to go through the process of uh, solving problems and kind of building things because uh, the things don't always work. Uh, some parts weren't there, so we had to cut the stuff ourselves sometimes. So that was quite nice. Um, so I think I've only been involved in like, robotics, engineering style oriented like societies since I came. Uh, we we used to do like Python Python society. Uh, we just used to get together, just solve problems, maths oriented problems with code. So that was quite nice, I think, because uh, we got to see the correlation or relation between programming and computer science and maths on the website, uh, what's it called, Project Euler. So that was qu quite interesting problems. Uh, it's uh, quite a famous website for maths, computer science problems. So it's very good to hear that solving problems is clearly a feature of, of these societies. Ellen, one of the things you mentioned is that this is a student-led society. Tell us a bit about what you mean by that. 
yes. Uh, so um, when we're starting the new academic year, there's always an opportunity for any student to introduce a society that they want to do um, that is not already a part, not already offered uh, in the school. So any student can just come up, uh, talk to Mr. Lambert and uh, ask to just start a society. It can be about anything. It can be about music. It can be about uh, teaching a language. Um, so usually you just have a student um, starting the society and get a few other people that also want to do the society. Um, I think the most important thing is it's not like that one student uh, kind of like bossing everyone around. I think it's more that you just get people that want to do the society as well and you start it. Um, and then it just becomes an actual society. And then you know, if it's really successful, they can continue to the next year. Uh, but it's, I think that's really the main idea. Awesome. Thank you for that, Ilan. Well, you mentioned about Mr. Lambert there, and you mentioned about starting a society and how to go about doing that. Mr. Lambert, is it really as straightforward as that, that someone, if they want to start a new society, that they just come along and talk to you about it? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a few periods during the week that are, are kept free of all of the academic lessons. And the reason for this comes comes back to the idea that we only offer maths and sciences, plus a couple of other subjects like economics and computer science at A-level. And all of the staff feel it's really important that students have the opportunity to do other things with their week. And lots of our students come to us with loads of interests, you know, music, art of all sorts, um, and all of the other activities that have been mentioned in the programme. And we think it's very important that they get a chance to continue to develop those and to share them with other students as well. Um, everyone's got their own interests that they can um, bring and their own things they can offer. So, yes, students would generally come to, to me first to make a suggestion. And they're almost always very good ones. Um, and so we would then offer those around to other students to see which ones are popular enough to have a group that will appear. So um, at the start of the year, in the first term, we'd often have sort of a society's fair where people go around and pitch their ideas to each other. And then all of the students would choose what they want to do um, during their periods. You get a, a bit of a debate normally because uh, math sock always ends up at the same time as code sock or something like that. Uh, students have to choose between two ones that they want. But uh, we do our best to make sure everyone can spend their time how they wish. There's these two aspects to it. The, the first one is, as I've said, making sure students have this breadth of experience and can try different things. And the other one, as some of the students have been talking about, is giving them a chance to explore what they're really interested in in more depth. Um, if what they really want to do is lots and lots of maths and eight lessons a week somehow isn't enough, that's absolutely fine. So um, having a, a bonus math sock to do even more is absolutely brilliant. And we encourage students to do that. I love the way that, as you said that, you looked around at Helio and she, she kind of chuckled to herself. She knew exactly what you were talking about there. Well, Karen, we need to bring this to a close now, but I want, just wanted to say thank you to you and to Helia and to John T and to Ilan. Thank you very much for all of your time here. And thanks for explaining to us today all about societies within the college. Thank you. Thank you very much, Simon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So that was Kieran Lambert, Helia, Jonti and Ilan talking all about societies at the college. Thank you all for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It's really good to talk to you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.